It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Uh, welcome to All Hang Up and Listen. I am Dwayne from Two Girl, uh, two, two Goalies, One Mike. Uh, <laughs> two Goalies, One Mike. Joined by Hurls, uh, also from Two Goalies, One Mike. In the final uh, show of the season, at least for the Sabres. Um, Sabres beat the Blue Jackets 5-2. to two, um, And... A bitter yet sweet ending, I guess. I don't know how to really describe it. I don't, I don't really have a good way of words to describe how this how this ending kind of feels. Um, because normally a month ago, we can't wait for the season to end, and now we just don't want it to end. So, uh, Hurls, I'll let you kick it off with uh, how you feel tonight uh, with the way the season ended and, uh, you know, just how you feel. Yeah, I, I would say bittersweet is a is a good way to describe it. Um, I was sitting there watching the game thinking, like, this is the first time in a while watching game 82 where I was actively rooting for the Sabres to win. Uh, it's been a long time since we've felt this these emotions about this team. Maybe last season because the way they ended the season, the vibes were off the charts. It was a similar ending to the season. So it wasn't as much actively rooting for a tank. Uh, but this season – they were in the playoff race until two games ago. They, If they had won one more game, given the way that everything finished, they would have been in the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure if they'd won the Devils game. Absolutely, it would have happened um, the way it shook out. But either way, they were right on the cusp for the final month of the season, mm-hmm. the final two weeks, largely, in my opinion, because of the timing of the Devin Le- Levi signing and how well he played yeah. down the stretch. And that is the greatest source of inspiration and hope that any Sabres fan can take into the summer is that it appears the team has finally found their answer and goal. And I think without a shadow of a doubt, they have their starting goalie going into the 2023, 2024 season. And that's not, that's something the Sabres haven't been able to say with any amount of confidence, probably since 10 years, since the 2013, 2014 season when Ryan Miller entered his final season with the team and got traded in 2014. Yeah, yeah, so that is a really, really good feeling. And that's, that's what I'm going to think about all summer long. Yeah. And um, again, there's a lot of highs. to really like, when you look back at this season to really kind of, uh, you know, embrace, 
Uh, Casey Middlestat. I'm not sure if he got point number 60 there at the end. I think, yeah, I, think I don't think he did. Uh, I'll confirm it, but I'm almost positive he did not. Yeah, I think he's at 59. Um, yeah, he, he finished with 59. 15 goals, 40 goals. Career high for him. Yeah, um, by a large margin. He yeah. also played – he was the only guy on the roster to play all 82 games. Yeah, and, you know, that was one of the things with him in the last couple of years is staying healthy. He stayed healthy all year, which is obviously huge. Um, you already, you already po- uh, touched on it, the, you know, the uh, arrival of Devin Levi. And, you know, that's the, I think that's where we'll kick things off. You know, obviously we'll talk about the game, but um, Devin Levi, is he our starter next season? I mean, did he do enough in this small sample size to get the fan base? I mean, at least the fans, I think, you know, majority of the fans, but to convince the organization that he is your starter game one. Um, I think it's his position to lose. Um, I I don't foresee Kevin Adams making any big splash in the goaltending market uh, unless the deal is just right. And it's a situation where you aren't exactly taking – a ton of time away from Levi rather than put him in a situation to continue to learn. Um, but I don't see that deal out there. So I, I, I truly do believe that Devin Levi is your starter game one. Who's his backup? Um, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if you did go into the uh, the camp with the same three goaltenders, but I wouldn't be surprised if you seen a UPL trade in the off season. Um, I think it's definitely going to happen. I, I really do believe uh, that's definitely going to happen. And it seems like Seattle is a pretty likely destination for that. Uh, they've struggled a little bit in goal this this year, aside from them being a very good team. Uh, Grubauer has picked it up as of late. Mm-hmm. And they've got a couple prospects, but Jason Botterill drafted UPL, and he's the assistant GM in Seattle. Yep. I've heard that talked about. Very good point. Um, I think that Sabres fans would be a, a little bit disappointed if they went into camp with Levi, Comrie, and UPL as the three options. I think largely there's no real confidence in, in UPL or Comrie, which I think is a tiny bit undeserved. I think Connery Comrie had a lot of bad breaks this season. He got hurt twice. He got put in bad positions. That 10 goal game against the stars is not on him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he obviously wasn't what you expected him to be, but, but I do think it was largely circumstantial. I think he is an average to above average goalie when he's playing his best. And I think he could be a quality NHL backup as he showed in Winnipeg behind Connor, Connor Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people want a steady veteran force a la Craig Anderson, but it's obviously not going to be Craig Anderson. The name that I keep hearing that a lot of people do want is Semin Varlamov. Um, he has been in the league. He's 35 I can, years old. I, can see that. I had no idea he was 35 years old, but He's been in the league for a long time. He's been consistent, and he's shown that he can do well in a large or limited work workload. He's as consistent and middle of the road to above average of an NHL goal as you can possibly get. So you bring in a guy like that to hopefully give you 30 to 35 games, and you give Levi 50 to 55, maybe 40, mm-hmm. 45 to 50, depending on what you really think about his plan. But I, I would say that the large majority of the fan base would want that type of situation. Yeah, I uh, I could definitely see a Varlamov uh, acquisition that makes sense to me. He's not a guy that's going to expect or demand, um, you know, a ton of time. And God forbid, you know, you run into a Levi injury. You have a very, very, very serviceable uh, backup 
much like Anderson, uh, a younger version of Anderson, essentially. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I digress. I, I think that, you know, again, I wouldn't be surprised if you come into the camp with the same three goaltenders, but I wouldn't be surprised if the only goaltender next year on the roster would be Devin Levi uh, from this year's roster. That's currently, yeah. Yeah. So I, I just I think mean, that, like in Varlamov's case, like he's behind Sorokin right now. So there's legitimately no chance of him being a starting goalie. So if he comes in behind Levi, who hopefully will be the starting goalie, but it's also his first full NHL season, he will be mm -hmm. still considered to be a rookie. That at least gives him more opportunity to end his career on a high note, similar to Craig Anderson. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of Russian guys on the team. I think Labushkin and him would probably get along pretty well. And I just think that it would be the perfect situation to backstop what you would want to solidify that position because you don't want to have UPL or Comrie as your backup plan. Like you said, in case Levi gets injured or it's not out of the question that he goes through a rough patch. Like he's proven at, at almost every single level that he's a really good goalie. And we saw it in these seven games this season, mm -hmm. but in his first full NHL season on a team like this, that doesn't play the best defense. Hopefully they will be a little bit better next season. There's a chance that he does go through a rough patch. It happens with goal. Yeah, yeah. So, you want a guy that you know can succeed in the NHL and has for a long time, and that is exactly Semin, Semin Varlamov. So I hope something like that happens. Yeah, I, uh, again, I, I, I am in full uh, agreement that we need somebody behind Levi that can bring some stability to not just the you know on the ice on the off chance that you know whenever he Levi is not playing or if again God forbid he gets hurt. But, you know, bring some stability to the goaltender room. You know, yeah. a guy for Devin to lean on. You know, uh, I, I'm in full agreement of that. Um, and speaking of his play tonight was fantastic. I mean, second goal, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not going to write a letter about no, it. I'm not going to lose sleep either. It happens. Like, that is – Every night. The goals who let up in seven games this season, that is his worst goal. And he'll he'll tell you that himself. But at the same time, like, that's the nature of the position. Yep. Uh, it was a bad angle, weird shot, trickled through him. It is what it is. <laughs> You're not going to – if anybody sees that goal scored on him and is worried about Devin Levi, you don't know the position of goaltending. So. Agreed. Um, and, and, you know, some of the saves he did make, especially in tight, um, I mean, God. He's just, That's the one, in the, the one in the second seem, period specifically. Yeah, it even started to seem like the team has started to kind of adjust to his style of play. For sure. They're, they're getting into those gaps where you could see a loose puck squirt off a rebound or uh, per se, if, you know, if, if Devin's caught out of position, because again, he is a very aggressive goaltender. So you're, you kind of started to see that they, they were adjusting to, to his style and the way he plays. So that was a very, a positive note thing that I noticed as well. Um, but I dig digress. Um, here's a question. Who's your MVP? Tage Thompson. <laughs> like I, I think, I, I think absolutely. It's um, gotta be. I mean, the, he had 94 points, 47 goals. He became a bona fide superstar, uh, fringe heart trophy candidate. So if he's, if he's not the MVP of your team and he was in the conversation for the MVP of the league, that doesn't necessarily make sense. I would say a very, very close second and third are Darlene and Tuck. Mm -hmm. Um, you saw it when they got injured, how much it affected the lineup. Dowling specifically because he's improved his defensive game so much 
to the point where you can rely on him as a defensive defenseman while he also scored 73 points. It's nothing compared to Eric Carlson, but Eric Carlson doesn't play defense. So as a defenseman. So I think in a different role, it's it's Dalene defensively. And then Alex Tuck is the lifeblood of this team. He makes them yep. go. You hear Rob Ray say it all the time. He won the Rick Martin Award last night for a reason. I know it's fan voted, but I have a slight I have a slight idea that the organization wanted to give that to him as a way to usher along the uh in my opinion, hopefully next captain of the Sabres, if Okposo does decide to call out a career. But yeah. If you have to pick one, it's Tage Thompson. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Uh, and let's let's be real. If not for the two injuries he sustained, both most recently and right before the All Star break, you're looking at a easy fifty plus goal score. Yep. I, I'd even I'd even entertain the idea of him getting close to sixty. Yep. Uh, with, mean, with the pace he was scoring at, and then probably hundred and ten to hundred twenty points. You're also probably looking at a playoff appearance too. Hundred percent. Yeah. You're uh, and same with Tuck and Darlene. If they don't mm-hmm. go down when they did, and they don't have that two six and two stretch at the uh, beginning of March that they did. Yep. You're in the playoffs. Um, and then you think back to the O and eight stretch in November, and a guy I would probably put in the top five for consideration is Matias Samuelson. Uh, they had the record with Matias this season without Samuelson was night and day. He is that steady, stay-at-home defenseman that the Sabres have been looking for for a long time. Yeah, you can rely on a glue guy in the locker room. Uh, everything about him uh, is amazing. And then a guy that we can't, as we can't forget to mention, is Jeff Skinner. He's in the same way. I think he glues that locker room together, as you saw with his between two stall series this this season. Yep, he is an absolute beauty, and also he reminded everybody this season what he still had after the absolute nightmare that was the Ralph Kruger era. The dude can still play with the best of them. He can score. He can pass. He's a playmaker. He is a friend to everybody. Jeff Skinner is back, and he's not going anywhere the way he plays. Yeah, and I, I even tweeted out, I was having some fun with it, because somebody tweeted out the uh, the Zoom call interview with Ralph Kruger about uh, how Jeff Skinner measures himself in only goals. And, you know, I know I roll major major eye roll of the back of your head type of eye roll. But uh, I went back and looked it up. Under Ralph Kruger that season, he only scored two goals. He He put him on the fourth line. Yeah, fourth line or the press box. Um, Nothing to say about Ralph Kruger. Yeah. After Ralph was fired on March 17th, 2021, Jeff Skinner has scored 73 goals. So, and... I mean, we always kind of like look at uh, at Jeff Skinner as kind of like, you know, the black sheep of the Ralph Kruger era. But Casey Middlestad too didn't, you know, similar, similarly for very, sure. very underutilized. And because of that underutilization, and again, there are a lot of reasons you can look at Casey. Uh, he, he was young at that time too. Yeah, um, and to, obviously to transition, you know, into Casey, I think cementing himself for the future, uh, top uh, top six role. Sure. Um, I, I had a, a serious sure. conversation while golfing today. Like I could totally see him being your second right. center. Real quick, time. real quick. How'd you shoot? Oh, uh, I shot a 92. Where'd you play? Oh, uh, Harvest Hill. Okay. But, I, uh, I have a but, quick aside. I, uh, I got a hole in one the other night. Get the fuck out of here. Got my first hole in one of my life the other night. 
and and we're finding this out now. I mean, that's the first time we've talked since. I just, I just, yeah, we text like you. I mean, you know, yeah, was, I should have told you. Maybe I, I was waiting yeah, for like, the big reveal on air, but yeah. How do you, uh, you announce it a hole in one days later? On, on it was the it was the night after the Sabers lost. It was Wednesday night, and my buddy texts me. He goes, "The Sabers playoff chances died, so you could get all in one." It's the first thought I had in my head when it went in. So, <laughs> well, I was gonna I was gonna follow up. You know, again, I I usually hit mid to low eighties. So, but it was the first time out. Um, I wasn't that. You don't, you don't need to explain it to me. Go yeah. it's a tough game. Yeah, it is. It is. But I did dunk an 80 yard birdie with my 60 degree today on the front nine there. That's, that's uh, almost a hole in one. It. That's um, almost a hole in one to me. Yeah. Uh, back, I mean, back to just, just that. I just had to I get mean, that I, I can't even be proud of that because you stole my thunder. I just, it was 135 yards. Nice little cut. Seven feet from the hole dropped right in, disappeared off the face of the earth. It was the best feeling I've ever had in my life. Yeah. I, I, it was like one of the greatest feelings I had earlier today until you ruined it. So sorry, my bad. <laughs> uh, but back to the middle stack conversation. No. No, no, congratulations, dude. That's awesome. You got Appreciate you got the ball, obviously, right? Oh, of course. Where's got the, the ball? scorecard, got the ball, got everything. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, but back to Casey. Uh, we had a serious conversation today about he could be a second line center on this team next year. Um, and I wouldn't hate it. I I I know Cousins is kind of slotted into that guy, but I also look at Dylan Cousins, a guy who can really elevate whoever he's playing with. He doesn't need bona fide scoring wingers for him to carry a line. He can carry a line on his own. Um, so I, I, I think, I think you keep that line together next year. The, the, the chemistry that the kid line had. Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying you don't do that. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying though. But like given the, the strides middle stat has taken and hopefully the acquisitions you make in the off season, that could be a two, a two B type situation in your middle six, mm-hmm. your middle six um, yes. middle stat um that's it's that's a good problem to have though like if you pick up like a guy like jason zucker you pick up a guy like tyler bertuzzi you're you want to make a somewhat big time acquisition in your middle six this offseason with the amount of cap space that you have mm-hmm. so you bring another solid nhl player that's produced throughout their career to put with middle stat to put with cousins or whatever you want to do there that is making your hockey team better so I, I hope they do something like that. I really do because this team deserves it. Um, the way yep. that they played this season. Yep. I I look at kind of like looking forward to next, you know, the off season. You know, after you take care of your own, you take care of Darlene, and we'll see if Kevin starts the conversations with Owen Power. You know, getting him locked up. Maybe he does get him locked up. I think I think he I think he gets both done this summer. I really yeah, I hope Owen so. Power is going to be a top five NHL defenseman in like. Two I years. think you offer him eight for eight. Yep. Eight, so, or, eight, yeah, eight, similar, eight. similar to the cousins and Tage, and he'll take yeah. it. Like, I, I really do believe that. Like mm-hmm. these guys want to be here, and yep. that showed with that showed with Tage and and cousins taking the deals that they did. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think Powered would do the same thing. Dalian's going to get ten, and that's like he deserves ten. He's a top three defenseman in the league. Um, but Owen Powered at this stage in his career, I think would do eight for eight. I really do. I think so too, and he's he'll he'll exceed that contract, much years. like Tage already has his and Cousins no as well. At all. And no time at all. And um, it's the it's the smart way to do business because you're projecting for the future, and while projecting for the future, you're inspiring a vote of confidence in your player. Mm-hmm. You're rewarding them for what they've done, but also like 
hey, you're going to be this good. Uh, you're not going to be a Connor McDavid, but like we are giving you a fair deal at this time based upon your projection. Mm-hmm. So I think Kevin Adams is really smart the way he's handling this. Yeah. And, and w- when it comes to Casey, my point being is yet you keep that kid line together, but I think in the off season, what maybe before this past month wasn't, you know, maybe on your mind or something, a necessity is to find another scoring winger for Casey Middlestat because you showed what he could do with high high level talent on the top yeah. line, uh, seventeen points in eleven games. Or yeah, so yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. It, I mean, he's he's a completely team. different player. He's a playmaker, but he can also score when he needs to. And, and Tage and Tage is going right back to that spot next season. There's no for doubt. Sure, and there's no reason for him not to. It's yeah. why it was one of the best lines in the entire league all season long. Yep, and um, and. You find him another scoring winger, whether it's, you know, Zucker, you know, I'm sure the fan base would lose its fucking minds, Pat Kane, whoever that guy might be, find him a scoring winger. It doesn't have to be an elite level talent, just a higher level talent to play with Casey Middlestat on the other side of whoever it is that's going to be maybe coming up, uh, whether maybe it's Yuri Kulik, is it Krebs, like whoever it might be, because I don't think Krebs is, is playing down the middle for you next season. No, I don't think so either. And well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate Krebs centering Middlestat in a free agent acquisition. I really yeah. don't. I think Krebs. I just think, I just think Middlestat thrived too much in the middle. It's yeah, in, I, I agree um, to an extent, but at the same time, like I, I do think those two could be sort of positionless. Obviously, cool. like you see, you see which one works better. Who's a better face-off guy? Number one. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think that it really will help in my opinion, to put Krebs with yep. better talent as well. He's a playmaker. You saw it so many times this season, and he also has that jam that you that you saw him play with on the fourth line. Yep. So I I, I know you mentioned that like he potentially could be fighting to make the roster depend and that is largely dependent upon who they sign. I really do believe that. And again but, I, it's not an indictment against Peyton Krebs. No, not at all. I think he could be a good candidate for a breakout player of the year next season. Yeah. But I think given the fact they acquired him in that Eichel trade, I think there's like a tiny bit of sentimental value there. I really yeah. do. I think Kevin Adams is going to use that trade as the linchpin of his GM resume for the rest of his career, because right now it's turned out really, really well. If that, if that line was uh Krabs, Middlestat and Kulik, I don't think people would be upset about it given the way yeah. that Yuri Kulik has developed this season in Rochester. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it would be good to have an established NHL winger that mm-hmm. you can rely on and trust. So we'll see what happens, but I, I, I hope they do something a lot like that. Yeah. And um, let me think, I just, for me, uh, for me too, I just, you know, and I, again, I was one of the guys to start of the season that had very little faith in, in Casey Middlestat. Just uh, and many I, other- I mean, if, if you had faith in him, I feel like you were in the minority. Yeah. Very much in the minority is, you know, health issues, you know, and I've said this a hundred times, you always find out about a player when their back is up against the wall. And just like kind of what I alluded to with Krebs, that's what with Casey Middlestat went into this season. It's like, I need to show this organization that I can be a part of this team's future. Like I I have to, I have to perform well. And he did. He did. He came. Huh? He worked his ass off, and everybody in the room has said he it. Like, he's stronger, he's faster, and he he always had the skill. Yep. He always had the vision. He always had the playmaking. But you can tell that 
he took his game to another level physically, and it showed in the final month. And I forget who scored the goal. It might have been uh, last game. What was it? It was uh, – it all started with Casey. Oh, it was the Henry Yoki Haru goal. It yep. was uh, uh, started with a board battle. Last season and previous seasons, Casey loses that battle 10 times out of 10. Yep. He not, and he stays engaged. He battled through that. He started on one side of that lineup of players uh, on that board battle, and he ended up out on the other side with the puck. Fed it to Yoki Haru, throws it on net, gets a lucky bounce, and it goes in. Uh, I mean, that, that combination of of the skill and the vision that he has with a little bit of strength yeah. and speed, like that is the player we all envisioned. Yes. That is the guy in the World Juniors who was skating through people because he was bigger and faster than stronger against his opponents. If mm-hmm. he can at least be the same level of strength or like middle of the road, but also having high-end skill and vision that he, that he does, he's going to be a very good NHL player for a long time. Uh, for Mauricio, one of her favorites, gracias, Savers, for keeping us passionate fans. Interested in a playoff run this late in the year. Hopefully the kids learn valuable lessons. As the first a positive guy. comment I've heard from this guy all season. Oh, don't <laughs> worry, man. I, I, I he, You want to see the first one? Here we go. Did we qualify for the playoffs? Wow, what a game. Lacked any intensity. No hitting. <laughs> I mean, it, you, you need it. You need it here and there. It's good to it's good yeah, to have both. Lows, right? get, it's good you, to have it's good to have both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, um, right? He does make a good point. Uh, I think Samuelson just had a had an injury, and they decided to sit him down for the final two games. Yeah, Samuelson. I just that guy's been battling injuries all season, playing through injuries. Same thing with Tage. Same thing with Darlene. Like, and that's what happens at the end of a season. You you have guys battling through. You know. You know. I mean, I, even I, like the fact that Tage played against the Senators and got the game tying goal. Yep, eventually yep. get to the game into the overtime like says all you need to know about his level of heart and his level of care for this team like mm-hmm. he probably should not have played uh last night by any stretch of the imagination given what he's been for going through. yeah but he did it for anderson and that yeah, you yeah. could you could see it after the goal like middle stat was getting ready to celebrate and like have teammates come to him and Darlene was yelling at him like yo go to craig yeah what like, are you we're doing all, we're all running to craig um, but yeah, and I, I heard after the game tonight, like, uh, Tage was in the locker room, traveled with the team. There's a picture of Skinner doing an interview with somebody holding up a, a Miller light beer can as a microphone. Yeah. Uh, they're all so close and they're probably going to have a great night because this group of guys is not going to be together next season. They're going to yeah, lose a yeah. They're probably going to lose Gergensen. I honestly think I post those here next year. Yeah. I saw you tweet that earlier. I'm hesitant, um, because I think. He knows that he's a step behind. I think, and even in his um, post-game interview on Tuesday after they officially got eliminated, you could hear the pain in his voice that it felt like he was so, so upset because he knew that this was his chance to go to the playoffs with his team. Yeah, I, re- I really do believe that. And I also believe that he might think that he'd be doing a dis- disservice to this team by continuing to go for it when he knows that again probably I, a step behind. I don't disagree with you, but I think that conversation. Uh, can you hear me twice here? Yeah, no, I got no no echo. Okay, I, I'm hearing a little bit. I was hearing a little bit of an echo. Uh, uh, I think that um, with uh, just the lack of and again, it was supposed to be about Andy, but there was a lack of focus also on Akposo. There was no focus on Akposo. And, you know, he's been here for almost 10 seasons. No, it's a very long time. It's a good point. It is a good point. Oh. But um, I 
would not be upset at all if he had. Neither would I. Neither would no, I. No, 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 no. Some type of role on the bench next season. Oh yeah, yeah. Like if he was an assistant coach or a penalty kill specialist, or he was up in the up in the GM booth with with Kevin, learning from him. Mm-hmm. Having him in the organization, in my opinion, is yep. absolutely crucial, no matter what happens, because this dude clearly has endeared himself to the city and to the fan base. And he's made yeah. a home here and he's going to be like Thurman Thomas. He's going to be a lifelong Buffalo resident. Um, so right. I, I love the guy for it. Everything he's been through uh, tweeted out the other night, like that injury and the aftermath of what he experienced with the concussion mm-hmm. is absolutely terrifying. And for him to come back from that and still produce and be a leader and be a captain for this team when they need it the most for such a young group, yep. is one of the more admirable things to happen during the drought. So I just hope it ends up in the way that he's at peace with. And uh, I think it will. I think they'll all make the right decision. I really do. And from Greg here, and that's the season. Thank you, Sabres, for an amazing ride. We will miss you till next year. I'm excited for what comes next. And thank you for all the amazing people that I have met. Uh, Thank you for always sticking by us, Greg. You're always one of the uh, consistent guys here in the comment section. Always following along on our post game, and you know we wouldn't do this if you guys weren't paying attention. So, and, and same um, for me, honestly. Like joining this community, like has introduced me to so many more Sabres fans that I would not have met had I had I not done this, even on Twitter or, or elsewhere. People just mentioning. So, I, I think it's great because like people thought that the fan base sort of went away with all of those horrible years. I, I, I think that the Fairweather fans obviously did like the, the people that are middle of the road and only tune in when they're really good as they did in 05 to 07. But us diehards, us sickos, like we're always going to be here. We're cockroaches. Yeah. So melding all of those different people together has been really, really cool to see, especially in these last few months. So it's go- it's only going to continue. Like this team is going to be good for a really long time. And you could see it in this last month. So. And it's, and it sucks too, because you know, they haven't been able to see good hockey until now for, again, for over a decade. And you see a lot of this younger generation of, of hockey fan in Buffalo out there wearing the McDavid, the dry Zadel jerseys. They're wearing the Austin Matthews jerseys. They're wearing. And why, would, and why wouldn't they? You know, like it's you so know, exciting. Because they haven't had anything to really value here in Buffalo other than Jack Eichel. But this and, team is going to change that. Yes, I agree. And um, I hopefully that they learn to embrace it the way we have you know, through the good and the bad uh, and the ugly. So as, as, as we've said, there are four, potentially five or six superstars on this team. Mm-hmm. Tate Thompson, Rasmus Dallin, Owen Power, Devin Levi. You can, you can put Alex Tuck in there, in my opinion, uh, fringe level. You can put Jeff Skinner. You can fringe level. You can put Dylan Cousins. Like they are, these are guys that are going to be talked about around the league, not just in Buffalo for the next 10 to 15 years. And let's, and let's be real that it may not be on paper. They only had, they had 43, uh, uh, four 30 goal scores. Technically they had a five because if Victor Olsen doesn't set the amount of games he does, he absolutely hits 30. Yeah. He would have gotten a couple more, you know, he would have gotten a couple more uh, meaningless goals to get to 30. Absolutely. But I'm happy that he scored in back-to-back games here just because. Me too. um, I, I, I hope he goes somewhere with a, with a role where he can contribute. Absolutely. Better, Absolutely. Like on, on the right team, that dude can score goals with the best of them. Like that release and that shot, I just think that he needs to be a power play specialist. He needs to be hidden. He needs to be put in a position to succeed. He wasn't going to succeed on this team because you need no. to be a hard worker. You need to play at both ends yep. of the ice. And he just wasn't that player. No. I, I feel bad for the guy because like 
it's crazy to think that a 28 goal scorer is become expendable. Very, yeah. But he doesn't play a complete game. So a a 28 goal scorer who sat in the most important games of the year. And it's because he doesn't play a complete game. He doesn't play defense. He's not tough enough. He's Casey Middlestat before Casey Middlestat learned how to play a complete game. So I like the prediction here from Greg Middlestat take a leap next year, 25 goals, 70 plus points. Very much possible, I think, under this coach. If if he shoots more. Yep. You know who I'm going to say? He needs to learn to take more opportunities and fire the puck on that. Yeah. But I think he will. I think he will focus on that this summer. I, I know you're talking about Matt. He's talking about Alex you know, Debrinkat. Uh, again, picking um, as a free agent. Yeah, he's a free agent. He hasn't signed with Ottawa. Um, I, I'd be all for it, but I mean, he's the exact type of guy. I, I agree, but you gotta make sure you lock up your own first and Dalian and Power before you ever even decide to adventure into that. That's the luxury of having the cap space that they have. Yep. Um. Doug Clock, great finish of the season. I can't wait for next year already. It's going to be a long five months. Agreed. I mean, those were the first thoughts uh, that came to my head. You know, six months, five, six months. Well, five months to get the like development camp, four months. Yeah, but six months until the start of the season. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Vanko's uh, Vanko's burner account. You know, whoever you are, thank you. Uh, Mauricio. Yep. (laughs) I always try to get to all the comments as much as I can. They need to trade UPL and send Conrad. They can, they're not going to be able to send Conrad. The HL, you have to clear waivers first and get someone like Demko or Varlamov for Levi next year. Trade Olsen for a better fit. Hopefully, Kulik or Savoy is ready to be with Mets. Uh, Kulik will absolutely be in Buffalo next year, without a doubt. 18 years old, scored 25 goals in the AHL this season. He's going to be a big part of that he's, playoff run. He's a better version of Olsen. Yes, a, a more complete version of Olsen. Um, Savoy. It's hard to believe, but that's a guy that, you know, I'm not saying he's going to fight to make this team next year, but depending on on, on the, the makeup of this roster and who returns, because, again, you know, I could totally see both Kurgensons and Akposo being here next year. Yeah. Kurgensons more so. I, I just – that's a guy who's probably going to take league minimum to stay in Buffalo. Yeah, I've, I'm hesitant, to be honest. I know he's been here forever, and he survived everything. Um I just, I'm hesitant. I know he was an assistant captain too, so there is a leadership role there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I personally believe like he would be great on a team like the Bruins. To be honest, like that type of player on a really good team in a checking, like completely checking role. I know that's what he does for the Sabers, but I don't know. I, oh, I, 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 I know personally that a lot of fans are ready to move on from Semkis Kurgensons, <laughs> and like. I'm not necessarily in that camp because like, I do think he does provide a role. Like they need that type of like hard nose, defensively minded offense, um, offensive player. I just, I wouldn't be too upset if he was gone. Who, who, I mean, and this one could go to a lot of guys on this team. It's a tough one to really hammer down, hammer out unsung hero. I mean, given how I, I, the obvious answer is Samuelson. Because the record with him and without him is so incredibly different. But that's been talked about a lot. Um, if you had another one, gosh, I mean, Top. I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's another answer. No, there are definitely, I mean, nobody expected Alex Talk to be this player. He is but, like, I, but I don't necessarily think that, like, he's too much of a star to be an unsung hero. You know what I mean? He's a first liner. Um, there's Casey. Our, our our friend uh, Matthew Fairburn did an article 
um, the other day on the most underrated player on the team. Um, and he went around the locker room asking everybody. And it's so funny because he was just like, yeah, like hockey players love, uh, they don't like to talk about themselves, but they love to talk about their teammates. Um, and I think it turned out that Samuelson got the most votes, uh, okay. which I think is a great answer given the fact that he's a stay-at-home defenseman. He plays yeah. his role and he does it really, he, really he well. Gives, gives Darlene the freedom to be who he is. Exactly. And he doesn't score goals. He doesn't get that many points. But that's exactly – he's the linchpin to the Sabres playing the way that they do because they do play such a free and free-flowing game. So mm-hmm. I think it's Samuelson. But, like, it could be Middlestat. It could be – I don't know. You it's, could, it's it could, you could literally go – for me, I would, I would pick Middlestat. Yeah, um, for sure, especially the way he ended the season. Just playing all 82 games, like you said. Uh, just being consistent throughout the year. Um, he had his stretches where everyone was still pissed at Casey Middlestack. Well, yeah, yeah, but here's the thing if you look, I, I, and I was looking at it too, he never really went a crazy any type of stretch of games where he wasn't at least quarter a point here, point there. Yeah, I think it's just the lack of goal scoring. Yeah, it's, I think he's really cemented himself as a true playmaker. Um, you, you, you just got them talking about his vision on the ice. You know, I'm not saying it's second to none, but it's up there. Um, his ability. It's, really to, good. it's high level. It's, yeah, it's, very it's, much as as, so. it's as good as you're going to get from a second, third liner. A hundred percent. So, um, yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would say Casey Middlestat. I think that and, with all, with everything that he was facing going into the season, the adversity, you know, the youth movement that's that was here this season and it will continue to come next season. Um, kind of having his back up against the wall, really performed very, very, very well um, throughout the year. And again, did everything he could in the role he was put in to push this team to a playoff spot while they fell up a point short, one win short. Yeah. Um, it was not because of for a lack of effort from Casey Middlestaff. No, and I, I think um, two other candidates, uh, I mean, I don't know if it, it would necessarily fit because they're rookies, but Quinn and Paterka in their first full NHL seasons, mm-hmm. uh, coming into a role within the team that you could see the future as it was playing out. They only mm-hmm. they both scored in their 30, like 30 points for rookie players in the NHL, like pretty good. And you can see the flashes, like Paterka's speed and his forechecking and his ability to get to the net is really, really good. And Jack Quinn, as I think we can all very plainly see him gaining confidence, mm-hmm. his ability to hold onto the puck in, this, in the slot. It, once he gets his shot and a, a little bit better of an ability to finish, the dude is going to be a superstar as well. Yep. Like he's very, very good. And you saw it in the AHL last season. And... <laughs> That is the hope for you for Yuri Kulik. Um, along that exact same development path as those two. You and and honestly, it seems like it's even better to be if honest. Yuri Kulik is everything as advertised. That's just, that's and, the thing though. Like oh Jack Coin and JJ Paterka were effectively everything is advertised this season based upon how well they played for the Americans. So if they're allowed if Kulik takes that same type of jump, which is a testament to the organization and the coaching and everything that's happening. He also did it at 18 years old. Exactly. Between those two teams, um, I think it I think it could be really, really good for this team. So yeah, I think it's good it, to give those two a shout out as well. And didn't he doesn't he have the most goals uh in AHL history for an 18 year old? 
Did I read that somewhere? Or I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Yeah, he scored, he scored scored another one tonight. I don't know how that game ended up, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he seems Actually, like the real deal. Speaking of which, friend of the program Jane uh, put on her Snapchat earlier. Uh, they serve garbage plates at the, at the Amherst games, and why? Why wouldn't they? Well, I know, but I mean, they look so good. Better than anything served. It's the, it's the only thing that Rochester has on Buffalo. <laughs> Literally, Ed, I'm like, they got to find a way to get these into the fucking Key Bank Center because the line would be out up, up, up and down the aisle <laughs> into, yeah. the, into, the, into the seats to get a garbage. So, um, Amherst lost their first playoff game. but They did? Fine. Okay. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. Elliot Freeman did just release the playoff schedule for the first round. Um, we'll bring that up here in a second. Yeah. I mean, if you're – as diehard as, as as you say you are, and you're as tuned in and locked into the future of this team, watch the Americans in the playoffs. Uh, it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that Levi can't play for them, uh, but they have Yuri Kulik. Uh, Lucas Rosek will probably – he'll be back down. Um, another guy that I think has a chance to make the roster next season. He yeah. was really good in the short amount of time um, that he played for the team. So I, I really liked his game. Yep, yep. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury would be a bad yeah, option for Levi. That would that would be such a dream for me. Could you imagine that locker room? Oh my God! Add flower to that locker room. Even just the combination of those two together. <laughs> both are French Canadian to an extent. I know both French Canadians. Seven is French Canadian. Both French Canadians. It really seems like they're the same person too. Like Mark Andre Fleury is this affable, like great personality. He's always been like the jokester of the locker room. You, we saw with the Bennington mic'd up when he tried to fight the guy. Yeah, he always he seems like the ultimate glue guy, aside from being a very good goalie. He's lost a step in recent years, but he'd be perfect. But oh, he's, God, a, yeah. he, he's under contract and it would have to be via trade. Yeah, I mean, I would love Marc-Andre Fleury and Buffalo. If you gave up second round pick, prospect, UPL. I was one of the few. Do it. That- when they initially signed Craig Anderson, I was ecstatic because I honestly, just honestly, I wouldn't rather sign anyone else's trade for anyone else this offseason. Yes, if, if Mark Andre Fleury became a, a Saber next season, I would you would you trade would you trade Olsen for for Flower straight up? I would trade almost anybody for Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> no, I'm exaggerating, exaggerating, but like he would legitimately be the perfect pairing with Devin Levi. Yeah, because they play the game the same way. They're the same person. He'd be amazing in the locker room. He's that veteran, private, prefer- that veteran presence that you know can come in there and win you games when they, when they matter most. Yep. God if that guy it. has a no trade clause and he's willing to make the move to Buffalo, I say you do it in a heartbeat. It's such a it's such a pipe dream. I mean, and he'd be close to Pittsburgh, where he spent you know a, a, most of his life and most of his career. I don't uh, want I don't want to think about it just because like I don't think it's going to happen. But if it did. We can start the movement right now. God, I I really hope so. I've already tweeted it out right now. I I tweeted it out like three weeks ago. Um, But yeah, I we'll see. Um, But it's it's a really good point. Like someone like that would be absolutely perfect. If we hit here, not the people that are just making up trade scenarios. It's also a good point. My buddy mentioned this to me the other day. Bring Borgen back. I I love Borgen, and he's he's great. A very really really good. Very good defenseman for Seattle, and I would be so much in favor of that. I'd be I'd be hard pressed to think that would they would they would move him because of how good he's been. Mm-hmm. Dalian is my MVP. Tage is the easy answer, but Dalian did a lot in the back end. A it's, tie, in my opinion. So Again, close. you can go either way on that. You, it's you so close. The fact that Dalian's probably 
going to be in top three or four Norse trophy mm-hmm. voting and what he means to this team. Obviously, it's very close to a tie, but if I had to pick one, it'd be Tage. I love that Samuelson wearing the blue and gold hoodie and flip flops in the team picture. He's the man. Samuelson, <laughs> he rules so hard. Uh, like in his interview after he came back from injury, he was just like, Yeah, I just miss being with the boys. I miss yeah. being, I, I missed I miss being like not in on all the jokes. Like he's he's got such a dry sense of humor, and he's just he's the he's the best. I love that guy. Yeah, uh, Taxi Squad Skinner, uh, obviously referencing Ralph Kruger. This also Ralph Kruger, nine million dollars to sit in the press box, signs of an impending apocalypse. Yeah, uh, I, hope yeah. that, I hope that like he's never allowed back in like the International yeah. Monetary Fund or whatever yeah. like conferences he used to speak at. I hope he has been blackballed because he, he was, was such a, a snake charmer, man. He was. Like I mean, it, no, it was, it, it was a smokescreen because it, it started off really good, and then we realized that like this is not going to work. Listen, he had us all fooled. I remember when they had oh, him yeah. up in that, that big that big conference room in the arena, and he was talking to like everybody. That oh you know, my god, I was all in. Everybody was applauding. October like, October of 2019, we wore the the white and gold jerseys for the first time at home. I think we beat the Devils like seven to two. Olison had two goals in the power play, and. Yeah. I remember Joe Yearden tweeting like, "Wow, a coach really does make this much of a difference." In reference, <laughs> to, like, in re- in reference to Phil Housley, who arguably just as bad, um, which I hate to say because he's such a legend of the organization. Uh, but yeah, yeah. God, I like know. the idea of a scoring winger, but what about the idea of bringing in JT Comper? The, comment, the commenters are making great points today. Yes, absolutely. I love. I hated losing JT Comper in the O'Reilly deal. I hated it. Because he there he gave off such Chris Drury vibes like early in his career. I think he I think he I want to say he played in Minnesota. Yeah, uh, in college. Um, just so phenomenal. I want to say one of those ho- hockey hotbeds. Yeah, no, he's a good two way player. Like he's a great very good player. Really, um, really, really good, solid player. That you want to talk about a great third line center? There's your guy right there. Incredible. Um, he he I I, I salivate at the idea of him and cousins on a line together. That's what I'm saying. Like, like oh. any, any type of guy like this to add to your middle six for Jason Zucker, JT Comfer, Alex to cat, Patrick Kane, which would obviously come with a lot of different emotions. Uh, but yeah, good and bad, he's yeah. a guy that doesn't have to play top line minutes anymore. You put him on the power play or the second power play. He's going to produce. You've seen it with the Rangers. He still has some, he still has some left in the tank. So, I mean, Tarasenko's out there too. <laughs> like you no option should be off the table because if you don't make the playoffs next season, mm-hmm. everybody's at risk. Yep. It, it would be a massive organizational fa- failure if the play, if the Sabres somehow miss the playoffs next season. I'm, I'm not going to say, I don't think it's, it's possible because anything's possible, but of just course. I'm just saying that like, yeah. I think it's possible if they don't bring the right depth in, they don't bring the right experience. They don't make the moves that are easily accessible with the amount of cap space that they have Mm -hmm. and the amount of picks that they have in the draft. Like they still have eight or nine picks. I think this year you can move those picks. Your prospect pool is the best in the league still. And you have a team that should have made the playoffs had it not been for a couple bad injuries and bad times. So (laughs) Kevin Adams, he's, he's shown so far that he can be great with trades in certain situations. I think he, (laughs) he needs to prove it. Looks, looks like Mauricio doesn't give a fuck about your goal on one here. <laughs> it was like just a minute aside for a life. 
<laughs> oh my god. The uh, once in a lifetime uh, thing. Uh, Jesus. Middlestead kind of reminded me of a Kirby Doc, a little one he was on the Hawks. Very weak on the puck and just kind of big dead weight. Um yeah, early, we, early in his career the yeah. season, before the season, yeah. I I would agree with you. Um, but he put on size and again, he played like a man whose job was on the line. And because it was so um, he really Absolutely. turned it around this year, and I got it. That's why I picked him for my unsung hero. Um, Olsen for Verana. Olsen contract is up 2024. I'm leaning towards UPL and Comrie being our goaltenders at the start of next season. If that's the case, gotta go better because it's defenseman. Uh, let's fucking go. Friend of the program, Chris, always chiming in. Thanks, bud. Uh, I, I don't like, I don't hate the idea of a guy like Verana on this team, but you know, Verana would be great. Yeah, he, he would um, be. I, I'm not. I'm confused. Does he mean UPL and Comrie being the two starters? Probably got coming into camp with Levi. I okay, that's what he's. If I know Chris, uh, that's that's probably uh, what he's referring to. Because Devin Levi is playing. Yeah, he's 45, your, 45 to 50 games next season. Hundred percent. Um, and and you know what? Uh, again, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the thing. I, I, I can go either way on that. I could, I could. So really, it really, uh, it honestly depends on what's available and what they can do via trade or free agent acquisition. Yeah. If they're able to bring in a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury or sending Varlamov, see you later, UPL and Eric Comrie. I could see, I could see this if, if, if Kyle decided not to come back for home opener as a retirement ceremony for Kyle Ockpo. So Absolutely. I could totally see that. I mean, I would, I, I would hope, a great job. Listen, I would hope he's behind the bench. The, the last, the last two seasons between RJ Knight, you know, Ryan Miller Knight, I mean, if you want to lump Jack Eichel Knight into that, like those yeah. big important moment games, they've knocked it out of the park. They really yeah. have. I think the fan engagement has improved significantly. Night and day difference. Um, I, do, I do hesitate to say he should be behind the bench because I think we've seen with the coaching this season, of course, like Don Granato is a great development coach and he's had a lot of experience in the U.S. development program. With yeah, young players. So he's proven that he can get a room together, and I think he stays as head coach, obviously. Yeah. But I think his assistants, Matt Ellis, first-time assistant coach. You saw – I'm not sure – Kids a couple, two years ago. Exactly. And um, who was the defensive coach? I've seen the guy. I don't know him by name. I know Dan Girardi has been silently still on the staff. Yeah. Um, but I, there's I, another I, guy I, on the bench there that I don't know by name. That, he's He's a bigger guy. Yeah, yeah. Brown hair. Yeah, a, I, I don't know his name. I think he's in charge of the penalty kill. And the Sabres had the worst penalty kill. Yeah, see ya, see ya, bud. So, see if you. it's him, regardless, I just think you need to bring in a more experienced special team specialist. A guy who's worked in the league, who's had success with the power play and the penalty kill. The power play was great this season, mostly because of Darlene and Tate Thompson. Let's call a spade a spade here. You have one of the best quarterbacks in the league running your power play and you have a guy that can shoot at 106 miles per hour into the top shelf of the net on a one-timer. He's almost as good as Ovechkin has ever been in his prime at that exact spot. So you're going to have a good power play. Um, I just think that the systems could be a little bit better. Dylan Cousins is a great penalty killer. Um, They have a lot of guys that can do it. I just think there needs to be a better plan in, in place. Otherwise that will kill you again next season. I, I agree. Um, one, uh, another, another, obviously, kind of like a seasonal end of season award. I think this one's pretty obvious. But if we weren't going to pick that guy, who would it be? It's Owen Power. 
It's Owen Power. Exactly. But if you couldn't pick Owen Power, who is it? Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn. You want to go JJ? I would do Quinn over. I mean, I would do Quinn over JJ, but it's really close. They play a different game, but I think uh, the promise and the skill and the the poise that Jack Quinn showed this season and the mm-hmm. development and what you saw he can turn into, like that goal against the Minnesota Wild where he <laughs> carried it throughout the zone, around three guys, got into the slot. And I think, yeah, he sniped Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, that shows you all you need to know about the type of player he's going to be. Mm-hmm. Turk is very good, and he's probably the fastest player on the team. But he's not going to be the guy that's going to score you 25 to 30 goals, which yeah. I think Quinn will next season. I think I, I think Devin Levi next season, not just for this team, but makes a case for NHL Rookie of the Year. You know, judging from his play this season. I think he makes uh, a case for Vesna. Yes. I'm not going to jump the gun that much. I think no, 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 I'm for sure. with, 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 with an league that has Sorokin and Sersterskin in it, uh, I'm not going to say the breaks. I'm very, I'm very much mostly kidding about that. But yeah. well, at the, I mean, at the, end, at the end of the day, to. no, it's not out of the question, honestly, given how good he's been at every single level. And if they improve their defense, see what happens. Yeah, I think that's, again, after you sign your own, that's number one right there. Sure. Figure out that second pairing defenseman. You know, I don't care who you have signed through next season. What it's um, it doesn't matter to me. A name, Find a name, the guy. A name that's been brought up a lot. Uh, it would have to be be a trade as well, but I think the Flames are going to blow it up this offseason. Uh, Rasmus Anderson. Uh, I love Rasmus Anderson. Man. A lot of Swedes on the team already. Seems like a great guy. Also, mm-hmm. very good two-way defenseman. Uh, it's been brought up a lot by uh, people, people online, and I think it's a situation where – they can make it work if they really want to. Um, Dmitry Orlov is a UFA. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Bruins, but he would be another guy. He's very good offensively, but he can also play a good stay-at-home physical game. So, in, in terms of defensemen, here are your here are your free agents: John Klingberg, uh, Eric Johnson, Matt Dumba, Matt Dumba. Dumba uh, would be great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would love Dumba. Yeah, who wouldn't? Dimitri Orlov, uh, Oscar Klefbaum. Uh, here's the one that interests me as well, Damon Severson. Severson, right would, Severson would be great. Also, mm-hmm. Ryan Graves on the Devils as well. Yep. Brian Dumoulin, uh, veteran left-handed defenseman. Wouldn't wouldn't hate that idea. Uh, Jake Gardner. Um, Vince Dunn is a UFA next season too. Obviously not a defense. Uh, is it a, a, uh, plays both sides of the blue line, left and right. Uh, love that idea. Uh, he's his name has always been thrown around the past two seasons when it comes to Buffalo. Seems yeah. to always be available, and he's such a For service. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, those are kind of the top names in terms of free agent defensemen. Um, and we, we, and Shane got the spare. Yeah. If we well, he can't play defense, so we're not doing that. No, he can't. No. Uh, if we want to get crazy, talking about speaking of guys that can't play defense, trade for Eric Carlson and just have a lot of fun. Could you imagine that power play? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like no one would be upset. The contract is obviously the big thing that would prevent that. But well, that just the the, in, the the endless injury uh, history of injuries. But the, dude, the dude had a hundred points as a defenseman. Yes. So <laughs> it's just if you really want to, just like all right, we're not going to play any defense. Yeah. Deb, stand on your head. Bring yeah. in Eric Carlson and score seven goals a game. Go be Grant Fuhrer to the Oilers. You know what I mean? Like, 
Grant Fear had like a three, a high three goals against average, but they would score five, even, six. Even goals just like even the waves that would make on Twitter around the league if the Sabres somehow traded for Eric Carlson. And what would the cost even be? Because like the, the obviously the, the, it wouldn't be because you're trying to offload that contract. The okay. Second round, second second not, round taking a prospect. We're not here advocating, uh, uh, you know, an Eric Carlson trade. But could you imagine? I mean, Could I you imagine? Am. I kind of am, to be honest. Imagine that between you, you, get, you, and Jeff you get a you get another defensive defenseman, and you trade for Eric Carlson, and that's your sixty. Yep. Just imagine that between two stalls with Jeff Skinner and Eric Carlson, slick back hair. God, oh man, God, absolute so beauty. Fun. I mean, well, that's the that's the fun part about this. Like, there are endless possibilities for what Adams can do this offseason given the trajectory of this team, how much cap space they have, what prospect pool they have, how many draft picks they have. The world is his oyster. And he has proven thus far that he's very good at making trades. He's great at drafting. He's uh, good at developing these guys in a smart and intelligent way. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to see what he does. Yep. Uh, as, as am I. Um, we'll, we'll try and wrap up here soon. Um, even though I don't want to, um, Favorite moments this season? You know, uh, there's a lot, a lot more um, this season. You mean more, you had more great moments this season that you've probably had in the previous five combined. You know, um, a lot, a, you know, a lot to keep your head up about, um, whether it's, you know, well, I won't, I won't, I won't list them. We'll, we'll talk about them. But, um, you know, Curls, when you look back on this year, um, if you can pin it down to one, just one. What is what was your favorite moment this year? I mean, selfishly, two weeks ago, Levi's debut. Yeah, um, I shouldn't let you go first. <laughs> I mean, I let you go first. We're obviously very biased here as two goals. Yes. Um, but it it's it's representative of the optimism that this franchise now has because they seemingly have the answer in that that they've been waiting for since Ryan Miller was traded in February of 2014. So mm -hmm. That is that is the answer that, of course, we'll both say. Um, but if I'm I'm thinking back to, I actually tweeted out four pictures the other night. Um, once we were officially eliminated, the four that I chose were uh, the team standing around with Tate Thompson's five pucks in in Columbus. That was his breakout wow. moment, not just for the Sabers, but around the league. Um, the other one, uh, the other two were, um, I don't know if you saw it. You want to try to guess? I'm going to go Ryan Miller night. Yep. Dylan, Dylan Cousins on the boards after he scored. Oh, uh, are you talking about the Ryan Miller night was that night? Oh yeah. Oh, oh I, I, I have it ingrained in my head. Um, yeah. you know, the heritage classic last year, when you say Dylan Cousins on the board. No, 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 no. It was after he scored the goal with one of the greatest passes I've ever seen from Dolly. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, so that was the other one. Obviously, Levi, Tage Thompson, five goals. And then there was one other one that really sticks out to me. Let me think. Um, A different port. Like, so I tried to do beginning of the season, middle of the season. So this is the other middle of the season. Then Eli, uh, Levi was the end of the season. So okay. it happened. Middle of the season. It was middle of the season. happened after Tage and before Ryan Miller night. I, I'm drawing a blank, bud. Alex Tuck beating the Bruins in overtime. 
Oh, uh, yes, yes. On, the, on their, on, one of their on very their, few regulation well, or a few losses this season. Yep, on New Year's Eve. It wasn't in regulation. It was in overtime. But no, um, no, 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 one of their few. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And just a few, two or three losses at home this season. Uh, it, the fact that they could go into Boston and compete with a team like that, a comeback win, no less, uh, against the greatest team in the history of the NHL in the regular season. Uh, to For Dylan Cousins to strip Patrice Bergeron in the defensive zone, take the puck into the offensive zone, drop it back to Alex Tuck, and for him to show the, the poise that he did to score that goal against Jeremy Swayman. Uh, it was it was an amazing moment. It was right before the end of the year, too. So it uh, it ended 2022 on a high yeah. note. But those are the four for me, and I think those would be the oh. four for, for a lot of fans. So I'll just take Levi debut out, out of the – that's my top one for sure. Yeah. Well, Col- well t- it's, a, it, it's a tie. It's a tie for me. Um, it's that and the uh, first night in the Goathead jersey. Yeah. Um, you couldn't forget, beat that feeling. I forget who that it was against. I'm trying to remember. I was there. Um, God, somebody in the peanut gallery. Can you guys remind us what team that was against? It was. It was absolutely a win. Um, it was the a very decisive win. It was the Blues. It was the Blues. You're I'm pretty right. sure You're it was the Blues. It was the blues. And they got um, six goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The start of something really special. Um, anybody who knows me knows that the goat had, you know, those 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 years. Uh way short way this way we're here. Uh, you know, we're very the the era of Sabres hockey when I really, really fell in love with this team. Um, let me sure that doesn't fall. But Come on, don't fall. Okay, um, that's when I really fell in love with this hockey team. You know, you know, Pat LaFontaine uh, was my very first favorite player, and then watching Dominic Hasek play, just his unique style, this never give up, never surrender style, and that made me want to be a goalie. Uh, you know, the highs and lows. My favorite goal in the history of this organization was Derek Plant on Ron Tugnut, ninety six, ninety seven, Game Seven. Uh, just watching that puck hit his glove and squirm behind over the over the goal line, you know Steve Shields, Garth Snow fight in the second round, uh, you know a shot heard around the world, Jason Woolley, Jeff Sanderson scoring the one arm around Eddie Belfour in the finals, just like so much to be you know to look back on that team and those teams are just remember and be, feel happy about, and then obviously the last year the goat had the 0506 Sabers that the year they should have won the cup, you know. They would have, if, without, if not for injury, they would have rolled over. Goddamn staff infection. Yeah. And he was willing to play with it, too. He said he was, he was willing to lose a leg to, to play. But, uh, yeah, just the, just the the battle in, in those hockey teams, uh, the Ted Nolan coach teams, the really new rough coach and, teams. Like, I mean, and you saw it this season, yeah. and even the Sabres said it. Like, they felt evil. While yeah. They, they lost once. Yeah. And that was that sleepy early January Monday night game against the Flyers who somehow knew how to play the Sabres well this season. Yeah. Um, they lost once wearing those jerseys. And if that tells you all you need to know going yep. into next season, like I love the blues. I think the whites are better than the blues, but the blacks are better than the blues. Like yep. it's not even close. It really isn't, man. It really isn't. I don't, I don't think they can do it, but they should plan as many goat nights as goat head nights as they possibly can for next. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. Ryan Miller Knight's up there for sure. Um, how can you say not Ryan Miller Knight's not your top five or even top three? 100%. Uh, just how special that was, his family being involved. Um, inducted into the Sabres Hall of Fame right before, you know, getting this, the, the Hall of Fame Sabre. Uh, and then watching them raise his banner the right way, the right way, not the way they did Hashik's, the right way. They figured it out. They it didn't was, have we, had, we had some dark, we had some dark times, but everything, um, everything about this organization leads yes. you to believe that they've figured out how to engage with the fans once again. Yes, great. And now make some improvements to the arena, and we'll all be happy. Yeah, bring back the Sabres Carnival, and you'll never hear me fucking complain again. Party in the plaza for the first home game. Oh there. my god. My God, could you imagine if, if they would have found a way to get into the playoffs this season, that first home game? You're going to have 10,000 fans. I would have flown back for it, and we would have had to do a live show outside 100%, of the arena. 100%. Um, it would have been, been phenomenal. It would have been pandemonium out there. I would say those are definitely – We would have gotten pumped moments. by the Bruins. <laughs> watching, watching Tage, like, to your point, watching Tage uh, pump five, uh, that was fun. Uh Hoping for six, wanting six, um, you know that 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 home run pass from Dalian to Cousins on the breakaway is literally on a string. I mean, that's a top five in-game moment for the season, without a doubt. Watching Craig, you know, win his final game, being in attendance for that, that was special. Yep, and um, the um, the uh, the Panthers game as well, when he made fifty-two saves and stood on his head to get the Sabres into a playoff spot for the yeah. first time in fucking God knows how long. And, and I just, Another, that, that, that's, that's number five for me. That night was when I knew this team was like really, really bad mm-hmm. for them to win a game in a spot like that with a 41 year old goalie who just stacked the pads. Uh, Dude, nothing better than a two pad jammer, Andy. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a, that's a number five moment for me. Oh season. my God. Like, yeah. Even just seeing them in a playoff spot that, was something I did not expect this season. And then the fact that they, after that, after that game, uh, they went on a pretty brutal two, six and two stretch and partially the result of a couple of really bad injuries um, or Labushkin overtime winner in Tampa. That's another one. Um, we never got to hear the gummy bear song this season. No, we did not. Uh, uh, we will next year though. Um, hope so. But yeah, I, I mean, the West Coast swing when they beat the Stars and the Blues and the Jets um, early on, starting the season seven and three. I think they they had a, a pretty massive comeback at home against uh, the Penguins, wearing the reverse goat head. Um, which, by the way, one of my least favorite moments all season long was them choosing to wear white pants with white gloves. If they ever do that type type of shit again, like, <laughs> what are what are we doing here? Because um, those jerseys are great. And they deserve. You the didn't need the white pants. They deserve the blue pants with the jersey. Yeah. But those are gone after this year. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really good moments, and it was so enjoyable. And not for us, obviously, because we watched every game since 2011. But I mm-hmm. think for the casual fan, for the young fan who hasn't seen superstars, who hasn't seen this team accomplish the type of things they did this season, this is the season. That's going to be the springboard for the next 10 to 15 years. How about this? Mauricio agreeing with Hurls. He rips you to shreds when you're not on too, bud. He he, he goes in on you. I mean, sorry, I'm optimistic. (laughs) Um, I I got, I don't know. Um, I just, all those great moments this season just makes me, prepares me for what's to come next season. And uh, here's, 
here's here's uh, we were talking about flurry earlier uh a good comment um where is it just saw it uh from greg flurry hasn't missed the playoffs in a very long time put that streak to the test next year um had to be great yeah, that'd be great um why does connor look like adam larson it's a good compliment it's <laughs> a good looking guy uh, he i mean he's a good looking redhead i i, I appreciate that Confer was the captain at Michigan. Okay, I knew it was one of those hockey hotbed schools. So, um, met, uh, Vanko also met him when he was younger, played at a tournament at Yost Arena. Great arena. Fantastic arena. Um, would love to go there someday. Um, I think if any coach gets fired, it's Mike Bales. Um, I don't think so. I don't yeah, think I mean, fired. I don't think it, I don't think it's Bales' fault. I think it's yeah. the, the defense and the below average goaltending. Peck as an assistant, I would fully agree with that, especially with the work he's done in Rochester. That would be um, that would be incredible. Here uh, from Rob Ron Pattinson, uh, new subscriber. When it comes to next season, we're going to need veteran with playoff experience. The most glaring hole on the team is next to Owen Power, who's the best D man with playoff pedigree that will be available. I mean, Dimitri Orlov. Uh, agreed. Yeah, he's he's definitely has a lot of playoff pedigree. Um, you know, we, uh, Severson, we, we, uh, we mentioned him, uh, uh, who was it? Arvison? Uh, not Arvison. I forget. I forget who the oh, other one um, Rasmus, um, uh, Anderson. Yes. Yes. But that would have to be, be, be a trade. Orlov is a UFA. So, and he's, yeah. he's a taxi rental, uh, a hired gun to help the Bruins win a Stanley cup. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, I, again, I agree with all these points, guys. Uh, I like this one a lot and we've, we've talked about him before. Radko Gudas, again, got to be, uh, I didn't realize he was a free agent. I wouldn't mind it. No, he's tough. Yeah. You, you, let me tell you right now, you wouldn't get, get away with some of the shit that you get, that you got teams got away with this year in front of the net. Really, really, really good hockey beard. That guy. Yep. Yep. Um, some comments on people's fans, favorite moments, Miller night, Levi debut, Win against the Rangers was the closest to a playoff we got uh, from Chris Durek. 90s night in the return of the red and black attack of, my, uh, of the GOAT is my favorite memory this season. Um, again, Gar Gallant loved uh, Bush's OT winner. Chris, I was, yep, we, we uh, Connor was able to figure it out St. Louis Blues. The pass to, uh, to talk to Cousins from Darlene in that same Boston game to tie it was amazing. Uh, yes, I remember that one vividly. Um, I grew up uh, with the goat heads, but even back then I was never a fan. Oh, well, again, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I greatest for, for a while. I thought this logo faced left and the, uh, it was like some mythical creature that was looking left. And until they brought them back this season, I read an article, read an article about the difference between, um, this logo and what they're using this season. I finally, for the first time, saw it facing right. Mm-hmm. I have no common sense and no brain power whatsoever. But I, I tweeted that out, and I wasn't alone. So <laughs> it gave it gave me a tiny bit of justification for my for my. Argument. I think Tim Conley was the biggest loss in 06. He was playing phenomenal hockey. Easily would have outscored Carolina in five games, in my opinion. Yeah, I agreed. You know, the injuries on uh, on the blue line plus Tim Conley's health. Um, I think again that was a, a cup that. I don't want to say it was stolen from us, but I, I made this comparison earlier too. And, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, when I tweeted out the other day about the bills uh, or, you know, after, um, even after we were eliminated, I said, 
you know, I feel like this would have been an easier question to answer before this season, but I think it's gotten tougher. Who wins a championship first, the Buffalo Bills or the Buffalo Sabres? Um, a lot of people seem to think the Bills window is closing. I don't think it is. Um, I think as long as you have Josh Allen at quarterback, uh, that, you know, you're always in contention. But I do think if there was a year to win it, um, that you that you should have won it, that you would have won it, it would have been the year of 13 seconds. Yeah, 100%. I think I think if you get through those 13 seconds at Kansas City, I you mean, win the Super Bowl that year. I, I, I think the same we, thing. We, we can go we go can go down a long road here, but I think the loss to the Bengals at home this year makes me question whether we would have beaten them after that Chiefs game had we not uh, blew that in those 13 seconds. But that's yeah, a different sure. that's a different yeah. conversation. It's a different conversation, but. I think that was your best chance to win. For sure. Absolutely. It definitely um, was your best chance. Much like I think Buffalo's in the history of Buffalo, their best chance to win a Stanley Cup was in 05 06. I, I think those two lined up next to each other. It's a good comparison. Um, for sure. For Absolutely. sure. 100%. So uh, but it, it, it is harder to win a Stanley Cup than it is to win a Super Bowl. Um, one of my favorite moments of the season is when I heard Jeff Skinner scored at home and we got to hear Whitney Houston. I can't wait to hear what he picks for his next goal song next year. I, you know, Part in the USA last year. I want to dance with somebody um, that people were making. Uh, you know, there was a, a rally cry for "I want to dance with somebody" as being the permanent goal song uh, instead of "Clear My Throat." Uh, and I, I couldn't agree more. I love. Yeah, that I, I, I personally do. love the personalized goal song idea. I do too. I do. No, I do. no other team in the league does it, and that's just another example of fan engagement and player engagement that the Sabers have really done a good job with. I also want to advocate for Jeff Skinner doing. Uh, intermission interviews in between periods on the bench. Um, I think, I think that, you know, he, he should be out there doing it hundred percent. I think the guy found his calling after hockey for sure. Yeah. So. And yeah, I mean, you, you keep the between two stalls going, you keep everything like that going, like everything about this team off the ice has endeared the fans once again. And it's a pretty simple formula. And I think they've done a really good job. hundred percent. So, um, yeah, and we're running a little over an hour here. Uh, final thoughts, Rills? Just a great season, as we said. I think we've recapped it really, really well, about as well as we could have. And now I, I'm honestly really looking forward to an exciting playoffs. Of course, it's going to be a tiny bit bittersweet knowing that Sabres probably should have been there. Uh, but that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. And I think the silver lining is that nobody expected this team to do the things that they did this season. And the future is immensely bright. So you can sleep soundly knowing that um, this team is going to be good for a very long time. And it's going to be an exciting summer knowing the amount of capital that they have to legitimately make a difference and make this team better. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I've never been as excited to be a Sabres fan as I am right now. Yeah. Um, I got another tweet of mine too is like, you know, I said, thank you Sabres for making this team exciting again, you know, making us as fans you know, on Sabres game nights actually get excited for the hours leading into it. You know, you're actually making plans around it with your friends to go do something for the game. We haven't done that in years. And I have reason to do it for years. Yep. Um, so it, it's, it's been a wild ride, uh, absolutely wild ride. And um, unfortunately we're one win short of breaking the playoff drought, but I think the playoff drought ends after this season. Ends uh, at 12. It's, it, I, it's I'll tell you this. It's not going to make it to 17. That's for sure. No way. Absolutely no way. Um, and uh, for me, final thoughts, you know, I'm, I'm just super psyched that we finally found our goaltender. Um, I, I, I have so much faith, you know, 
after get after having him on our show, you know, last year, getting to know him and his family over this past season and, you know, uh, learning about his story and how he carries himself just on and off the ice. I think we have a real gem, you know, and a franchise goaltender in Devin Levi, something that we haven't had since Ryan Miller. Um, just the, the overall you know, superstar caliber of player on this team, you know, not just in one player like we had with Jack, but, you know, Tage, Cousins, Tuck, um, Skinner still. I fully expect Jeff to still be a 30-plus goal scorer next season, without a doubt. And he's earning that paycheck. I don't think anyone can deny that now. Okay. Um, on and off the ice. Uh, Dolly, power, and, you know, question mark. Who's, who's going to be the next guy? To make that step, is it going to be Quinn? Is it going to be Paterka? Does Yuri Kula come in and come in next season and absolutely just be as advertised, you know, and make his own case for Rookie of the Year? I don't know. We'll see. Just so much to talk about this offseason to look forward to come the draft and free agency. You know, we're, we're looking through at this team through a different lens for the first time in over a decade. Uh, and, you know, for the first time, when we say next year is our year, it, it, it really, really holds weight. And um, I, I couldn't be more excited. So um, just remember guys, it's been brought to you by outlet liquor, the place to buy a case on Georgia Boulevard. Uh, whenever you need a case for your, well, at least right now, your NHL playoff needs um, get over to outlet liquor. Um, you know, uh, tell them the guys from two goalies, one Mike sent you Dwayne, uh, Cully and Hurls, you know, they'll take care of you. And if you had to make one last statement, Hurls, before we sign off, what is it? I've loved this team for a long time and I always will, but to have that legitimate and tangible hope back, knowing everything that we saw this season and knowing everything that we can project next season. Uh, I've, like I said, I've never been more excited to be a Sabres fan and I hope a larger portion of that fan base feels the same way, fills that building next season, gets as excited as they were in the early to mid 2000s and brings that energy back to this franchise that it absolutely deserves it. I honestly do believe it is a hockey city that is in love with the bills and the bills are very popular because it's the national football league and it makes the city relevant nationwide and worldwide. But at its core, it is a city of hockey fans and hockey players, as we both can attest to, and a lot of people can. So to get that younger generation back, to get the people that are Fairweather fans back, to the point where we will welcome back, them back with open arms because it's more fun when we're all a part of it and mm -hmm. when we're winning and we're making the playoffs and going on runs, which is going yep. to happen without a doubt. And it's starting next season, so I can't wait. Doug, if, if I can get Craig Anderson on this podcast – um, you'll, I, 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 I don't really Craig, know. Craig, Devin, anybody's welcome. Uh, yeah. especially well, I, I got a good feeling about, I got a good feeling about some returning guests uh, for this off season, but we'll see. Yeah. Especially um, if you're a goalie, you're, you're welcome yeah. on, you're welcome. Yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. You're always welcome on two goalies, one Mike. Uh, Greg, my son has been to two games and both were wins. So only knows winning Sabres hockey and he will see more next year for sure. That's great to hear. And again, get your kids to these games. That's here's my final thought. Don't let this support fade in the off season. I know when the when the during bill season, it's you know it, it seems like on Twitter you have two fan bases that attack each other, and I don't see the need for it. We should be embracing each other. We should embrace our teams. I think 
I really do think that's a minority. I really do. Yeah, it, it just it's annoying. It's annoying. I, I hate I, it. I, I think it's overblown though. I don't think it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, but embrace this team in the offseason, embrace them at development camp, embrace them at training camp, and get ready because this is gonna be a fun run next season. And get your kids to games because I think for the last 10 years, decade, you know, you've had a a generation of Sabres fans that had to look elsewhere for good hockey and that ends start starting next season and get your kids the games, get them a goat head Jersey, get them, you know, get them involved, get them on the glass during the warm up. you know, you know, engage with these players and, you know, show them that Sabres hockey is, you know, this is a hockey city and, um, you know, get ready because I think next season is going to be really special, more special than this season ever could have been. And this season was special. So uh, I'll hang up and listen guys always, uh, you know, obviously we'll be, we'll be around for playoffs. Uh, we're going to do an, obviously a more extensive season recap episode of two goalies with Mike at some point here in the next week. Um, me and Hurls were already talking about it. Should be, uh, should be fun. Um, you know, hopefully we'll have a few guests too. And then, uh, you know, again, just, you know, stick around for playoffs. We had a lot of fun last year and then, um, so this won't be the last you'll see of us, but, uh, obviously, um, without with no Sabres hockey to report on going forward and I'll be here and there during the playoffs but thanks for you know coming on this ride for us thank you for the guys who started the season that were here with us last season and thank you for everyone who you know jumped on board throughout the year uh, again we appreciate you and we're happy uh, you know we're happy to report and you know predict that it's gonna be a lot more fun next season so thanks for th- thanks for everything guys this is this is I'll hang up and listen. I am Dwayne for Connor Hurley and Johnny Cullen. Uh, good night and go Sabres. Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies One Mike, a show where we give you a behind the mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. 
It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd.